Reading Limitless Love, April the 6th and 7th, Gloria Copeland. The details make the difference. Finally, be you all of one mind, having compassion one another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrawise blessings, knowing that you are thereunto called, that you should inherit a blessing. 1 Peter 3, 8 and 9. Our idea of love and God's idea of love are often very different. We may think that as long as we don't hit anyone or steal anything major, we're walking in love. God, however, isn't satisfied with that. He wants us to be loving in our everyday interactions. He wants us to love to affect even the details of our lives. That's why he tells us in 1 Corinthians 13.5, the Amplified Bible, that love isn't rude or unmanly, unmannerly. It doesn't act unbecomingly. Does not Emily Post talking. It's not mismanners giving us a suggestion we can ignore. It's God speaking to us from the Bible and requiring us to be courteous towards one another. It is God commanding us not to be rude. Even when we're in a restaurant and the service is bad, even when the telephone solicitor calls during a dinner, even when we just desperately want some peace and quiet and the neighbors are parting loudly next door, we are not allowed to be rude. We can say something in those situations if necessary. We can point out the problems and make courteous requests, but I'm doing so, we must make sure that we do it kindly and in love. We aren't allowed to make excuses either. We can't say, I know I was mean, so that waitress, but I was so irritated I couldn't help myself. That kind of reasoning just won't fly. If your boss irritated you, you, you wouldn't act that way. You wouldn't say, hey, you jerk, this memo is full of errors, get it off my desk. No, irritated or not, you're be nice to your boss. You be courteous because it might cost you your job to be one way, any other way. That proves you can control your reactions. You, we must put the same kind of thinking to work in the rest of our lives. We must realize that when we're discourteous to those around us, it costs us dearly. It costs us to our Christian witness. Who wants to hear about the love of God from someone who has been unkind to them? It costs us the opportunity to brighten someone else's day. Most important of all, it costs us the privilege of pleasing the Lord. Keep that in mind the next time some little thing goes wrong and you're tempted to be rude. Don't be deceived into thinking such small unkindness go unnoticed by the Lord when it comes to love. God is interested in the details because in the day-to-day living, it's the details that make the difference. I'm Fernando. I don't know about you, but it just seems a little a little too much to be so, uh, you know, that you can't uh, speak the truth with enthusiasm, humor, and joy, and... Uh, You know, trying to put so much brakes on your, in, on your soul, it's not living. 
That's not living. You know, you can't do much, do anything, you're going to hurt somebody. You know, people are going to get hurt anyway. People, some people, you know, to be happy, uh, enthusiastic, and in love with God. And that's primary reason. We should be, we should be okay. You know, talking with others and raising things out. We know how to act. Here we go. Our next one's April 7th. When your enemies stumble. A righteous mouth falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble in times of calamity. Do not rejoice when your enemy fails, and do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles or the Lord will see it and be displeased and turn his anger away from him. Proverbs 24, 16, 19. If we're walking in love, we will never gloat over anyone's failure, not even the failures and wicked and sinful people. We won't smile with satisfaction when we heard that the person was broke up the best friend's marriage is now going through a divorce. When corrupt politicians stumble and fall, we won't be among those who make jokes about them. Even when criminals and terrorists who have brought us or our nation serious harm finally meet their destruction, love will keep us from rejoicing. We all need to remember that because those things are going to happen. The Bible makes it clear that the wicked always meet a bad end. Everyone who insists on living on sin and ignores the warnings of God will eventually be overtaken by calamity. Psalm 73 says, Of the Lord thou didst see them, the wicked, and set them up in slippery places. Thou couldst them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation? In a moment they are utterly consumed with terrors. When those terrors come, however, 1 Corinthians thirteen six says that the love does not rejoice. It does not celebrate our enemy's defeat. On the contrary, it will cause us to pray for them and say, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Isn't that what Jesus did? He had compassion on those who crucified him. He knew they were to rule by the, by the darkness, even though they had willingly allowed themselves to be the instruments of evil. Jesus still forgave them. That's just the way God is. Even when we mistreat him, even when we talk badly about him, if we'll repent, he'll forgive us and hold nothing against us. He'll have mercy upon us by letting us receive his son as our Savior so we can have a whole new life. As God's children, we'll be the same way. We're to have mercy upon the wicked until they're Bent last breath, when we see them reaping the, the tragic fruit of their ways, we should ask God to grant them a spirit of repentance so that they might escape from the devil's snare. Who knows how many such requests have been uttered and answered? Who knows now many wicked men in the final seconds of life have called on the name of the Lord and been saved because some saint of God chose the way Love and pray. Well, the Bible tells us to rejoice ahead of time in some situation that God has it. Isn't that uh, rejoicing for victory ahead of time? Didn't the Israelites uh, rejoice when they 
shouted up against uh, Jericho, you know, rejoicing ahead of time and to be enthusiastic, even that you have enemies and that God is going to take care of your enemies, rejoicing that says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, you know, that God's got it, Jesus has it, we turn everything over to Jesus. And we rejoice when that situation, person, place is in Jesus' hands and we leave it there and we're rejoicing and we're rejoicing. I remember one time uh, I prayed for this one truck driver and uh, we were having differences. I don't know. I told him to get back into going to meetings and get back into serving God. And he, and he said, oh, I did that 15 years ago and stuff. I was really involved and so forth. And while he was there, I I, I kind of kicked him in the tail in the butt. I said, Johnny, you know, seek the Lord. And uh, he, the guy was just going to go do some uh, some plumbing work at his house. He had pulled a lot of money. I met him at the parking lot. I just happened to be reading my Bible, and he came out. Another truck driver. We were both truck driving from the same company. And uh, he said he had a cesspool to go do, and reconnected or something but I don't know I guess I put a, a bad taste in his butt when I kicked him I didn't kick him hard you know just slap him and I said hey serve the Lord Johnny I don't know what happened at his job I don't know if the cesspool busted the pipe right in his face and the whole job went berserk but he was fit to be tied about 30 days later after a summer because there's about 400 truck drivers coming in and out in the facility. When I did finally see him around 1.30, 2 in the morning at the job site, oh, man, he was fit to be tied. I had to tell him, okay, Johnny, let's go out to the railroads and finish this off and stop yelling in front of all the, the, the staff here, the, the dispatchers and so forth, you know. And uh, he didn't want to go. So anyway, I I got so uh, mad and angry. I don't care about this job. I let my beard grow, and I didn't shave. And uh, and then we're getting. Uh, I try to confront him out in the yard, and he just swings his truck real close to me, like he wants to run over me. I'm walking, truck and trailer. Anyway, make a long story even longer. Um, I, I understand that 552 says that for us to get on our knees and pray for that person, for their happiness, for their soul, for their soul to be healthy, to prosperous, and be have happiness. So I finally did. I just got done and started praying for him. That's a form of turning it over. I just surrendered and got on my knees and started praying for the person. Started praying. I, Christian, did the right thing, which a son of God acts like the father, right? So I started interceding and praying for him. And finally, I forgot about it. I turned it over, you know, uh, that anger left and everything, and I just grounded it, the problem. And then about another 30 days later, I'm going home, been a long ride delivering bread and working nice and just totally tired, 13, 14-hour days. I got my backpack, I'm going home, and another truck driver's walking with me, and we're going to our cars, and he tells me, hey, they fired somebody today. And I said, yeah, who? Johnny. And I said, they fired Johnny? He lost a 65, 
at that time it was $65,000. That was a lot of money back in the 1998-97. That's over 25 years ago, I guess. Anyway, make a long story even longer. Um, I don't know what happened to him. And I'm thinking, wow. Oh, the reason he got fired is because he had rode up one of the trucks to fix it. And he rode in there, fixed the effing truck. And, and then he said, no, that's not me. I didn't write that, he told the company. The company did a word analysis, and they had to certify that, yeah, that's his writing. And they caught him for lying. I guess they had he had a bunch of records and stuff. You know, and they fired him there. And then uh, it happened again with another truck driver, another place, another facility. And I, I knew what to do, so I got on my knees and I started praying. This time it took less time. only took nine days of praying. Then I saw, God showed me, like a light came from the east, from the sky towards the work site. And God showed me how, how much he loves his that man, that child of his, that lost child. Boom, I saw the love of God hit that man. And after that, I went up to him and I shook my hands and he smiled and I smiled. And it felt like water was spilled in the ground. Like there was no kind of hatred, not on his part, not on my part. And um, the guy had no teeth and he looked like he was a beer brawler and that's the way he acted all the time. So I just reacted to his acting and and then I'm the I'm the Christian. I'm the one with program. I'm the one who understands more, and so, and it's going to happen again. So I need to be ready, and it's happening. We always have confronting enemies, and we have to pray for their souls that Jesus will sprinkle their blood on their souls. We sprinkle them with health. We pray that they will have health. We sprinkle their souls with prosperity with the blood of Jesus, and we sprinkle their souls with happiness with the blood of Jesus. May they prosper. See, even if they have calamity, after we've been praying a long time, we're not going to react to it. We're just going to continue to go. We have surrendered the person completely, so we don't have any kind of reaction, either if the person wins or loses in life. It's not up to us. It's out of our hands. And that's the way it happened when I responded with that first truck driver. I didn't, there was no reaction in me then when he got fired. I didn't rejoice. I didn't, I didn't just, it was just like he was saying, oh, the weather is, is stormy today. I said, oh, okay. And so God's ways is the best way. And we all got old resentments. So old resentments, in order to get an old resentment that's embedded and is stuck and is not allowing us to live life fully, we start thanking God for that resentment, and God will send you a brand new resentment. Ain't that great? He'll send you a new resentment so you can get that old resentment out. So, okay, here we go again. Here comes a brand new resentment. So you got to pray for that person for 14 days. Get on your knees, and we pray for their soul. What do we do this? Why don't we go ahead and pray for our enemies? Pick uh, one or two, up to six up to 14 enemies. Let's say, for instance, all our enemies we ever com confronted in our lives, all the way back to childhood. And let's go, oh Lord, we ask you to, pr we pray, and we ask you to bless every enemy, bless their souls with health in Jesus' name. Bless, 
bless their souls with prosperity and happiness, Lord. We just give our enemies to you, Lord, that you may prosper them, give them good health, and that they be enthusiastic in their lives, that they be well with their employer, well with communications and in communion with you, God, and that we devote them to you. We pray for their Lord, their connection with the Father in heaven, that it be at peace, Lord. We intercede for them. Bless our enemies in Jesus' name. Amen. And that's the way we do things around here. We love, we pray for them and work it into the heavens so it'll never, it won't bother us again. It's a done deal. We have turned it over. Anyway, God bless you. Have a great time. Give them heaven and say, Jesus is Lord. Amen and amen. Yes, yes, yes.